0: everybody to the hockey think Tank podcast brought to go hockeythinktank.com, a website for all players, parents and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. One of the more inspiring episodes, that we have done, we get into the equipment business, we get into the charity business and, uh, and community service when it comes to hockey, uh, but we bring on Drew Lane, who is a friend of Jeff's. Uh, Drew is a, a serial business person who does a lot of stuff with the equipment and apparel industry, and he has an awesome Facebook account, Facebook group called Hockey Deals and Discounts, he also runs the Penalty Box Foundation. You can find him at PenaltyBoxFoundation.org where they do some amazing work for people that really need some help in the hockey world. And so before we get to Drew, though, you're going to love this conversation. Let's get over to another guy that I know you all love in Jeff Lavecchio. Jeff Lavecchio on today?
1: Not uh, much, brother. had an unreal day today. I have somewhat of a voice, even though uh, one Paul Stasny texted you and I today chirping me about my voice on the last like seven podcasts. I cannot help it, Staz. I know you're listening, but uh, I did get a lot of people commenting and talking to me about that picture that Vinny put out of me, you, Staz, and Muncie when we were like in middle school and that, uh, uh, what, what was that? That was like a yeah. hockey camp we went hockey to in camp. Quebec, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, Staz, I do have a voice today. Uh, but it's been a good day to pretty happy and uh, really excited to have drew on here to talk about all the fantastic things he's doing for all of the hockey community.
0: Yeah, it's unreal dude. Like I, so for the listeners, typically when we bring guests on a lot of times it's a mutual friend that the two of us both know, but sometimes it's somebody that I bring on sometimes it's somebody that Jeff brings on. And I, I didn't know drew before this podcast. I didn't know his story. I, I got to research him a little bit before this, but Holy cow. Like this, this episode had the feels, man. Like I think all three of us at some point teared up a little bit and uh, just when people are helping people and and you get into just the, the goodness in the hockey community uh, it's, it's a special inspiring
1: thing. Yeah. You know, like, like episodes like this really remind me like why I love the hockey community, why I have chosen to make this my life, you know, after playing um and it's it's people like this that you get to come across you get to meet you hear their stories you hear about how much good they're doing for the world and just injecting positivity and helping people who are down on their luck and 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 also just helping people to be able to afford things but i don't know like he does so many things for the hockey community and um, I'm just grateful to have met him and, and grateful to know him and, uh, and grateful to befriend him. Yeah. And you said you met him at the all-star game a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's buddies with the gel guys and gel guys had me come up to, uh, to the all-star game is in my hometown, obviously. So I drove like eight minutes, uh, <laughs> went out to dinner and I, I sat next to drew and I think I, I probably had GMBM something on one of my clo- something from my clothes or hat or something. We started talking. He's like, I love that. And like, you know, some people like you just feel their energy, you feel their passion. I, I, I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was, didn't know what he did. And I just remember being like, man, like this guy's got like really good energy. Like I'm, 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 I'm feeling this. And then we started talking more and more. And when COVID hit, he had me come on and do like a Facebook live for his Facebook group with, and it was just really cool. And he just really is all about giving back. Like he really is. It's not self-serving. He loves helping people. And um, You know, I, I t- I've asked him to be on the podcast, and he's he's been like, I want to come on, and schedules didn't work out, and you know, we needed somebody for this week, and I um, was talking to him with some other business stuff. I'm like, man, can you do this week? And he's like, yep. And I was like, perfect, we need you, let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah, very very cool. This was a very unexpected uplifting night for me, and uh, you always yeah. sometimes we have those days. You had a good one. It was kind of a weird one for me. So like. It's just it, – it, this is like one of the best parts of my week every week, getting the chance to get on here with you and the guests that we bring on because <laughs> – I don't know. Maybe you see this, maybe not, but like I feel like in the youth hockey world, a lot of times you're having conversations about just the BS and then people are typically coming to you with problems and people are yeah. coming to you, especially as a hockey director, with issues and this person's doing this when they said they were going to do this and this is wrong and it was just one of those days for me. And then so getting the chance to to get on here – not expecting, you know, not even knowing who drew was. And then just to have that conversation was just one of those. It was just, it was great. Like kind of like what the medicine that the doctor ordered,
1: the old medicine that the doctor ordered. Yes, I don't even this, know if
0: that's the saying, but there's some kind of, saying it is <laughs>
1: just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. No medicine. Yeah. <laughs> just, what medicine, just, just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I feel the same way. It was, uh, you know, I just, I got, I got hit in the fields. I got punched right in the fields tonight and I liked it.
0: Uh, good stuff. All right, man. Well, I don't think we should honestly waste that much time. I think we should get the listeners over to this. So, uh, before we do get over to, to drew and, and his story and what he has going on in the hockey world right now, uh, we do want to thank gel sticks, our title sponsor. Thank you gel sticks for supporting what we do. Go to dot com for some weighted training aid sticks or golf clubs, or lacrosse sticks, they got a whole bunch of stuff there, GELSTX.com, thank you to Train Heroic, the very clean and sleek app that Jeff uses to train all of his people that are not with him in the gym, so thank you to Train Heroic uh, for doing that, Jeff's got like a kind of a weird face on, I feel like I'm doing a happy
1: job right now. (laughs) that That was a clean tire pump you threw out there, like that was... That was the cleanest train heroic tire pump you've thrown out there. And I was just, I was letting you know, I liked it, but now you just kind of ruined it. Now we had to explain it, but yeah, it was clean. Good work, Toe.
0: Literally like, that's why I do not work in marketing.
1: I am (laughs) so
0: bad, (laughs) Um, but also thank you to the listeners. We love you guys. We thank you so much for the support that you give to us on this podcast we guarantee you, you are going to be very, very inspired this one. And it's so cool that this one coming after Ben Eves' podcast, because the the feedback that I got from his podcast was very, very similar. And I got kind of the similar feelings coming out of that one as I did with this one as well. Um, so if you can continue to help, Spread the word for, for what we're doing and spread the word for what Drew is doing too. And, uh, you know, he'll provide where you can find him again. Penaltyboxfoundation.org is the charity that he is running. Uh, and then his Facebook group, Hockey Deals and Discounts, it's got 45,000 plus hockey families on there and they do an amazing job providing some low cost, uh, options and alternative to the, the ridiculousness that is hockey equipment right now. And it's just a community that's banded together. Uh, and I think the listeners, you can get a lot out of that Facebook group. You can get a lot out of going to the penalty box foundation, uh, and seeing just some awesome perspective of, of what drew and his company are, are doing for people in need in the hockey world. And, uh, we just so appreciate all the stuff Uh, that you guys do for us and we cannot wait to give you this episode
1: and Tolf and i decided to uh, donate at the end of it here so if anybody else decides they want to donate to what drew's doing at at the penalty box uh, foundation throw us a tag or something on instagram or twitter let us know that you're donating trying to trying to help drew's cause and uh, we want to do everything we can to help hockey families in need
0: absolutely man that's what this podcast is all about that's what drew is all about and without further ado let's head it on over to drew lane we are so excited to have on this episode of the podcast well we haven't even started yet, but we had a little pre-show discussion, and I haven't been more excited to have a guest on that I didn't know in this entire time we've been doing this podcast. But Drew Lane, I am excited to have a conversation with you and a little bit with Jeff here today. Uh, so, <laughs> so what's going oh, on, man? How, how's everything going?
2: Good, good. Happy happy to be here. That's awesome. Awesome.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's take it way back, man. That's what we like to do with our guests. And uh, you're from the Boston area. And, uh, born and bred and, uh, wanted to ask you just how you fell in love with this great game of hockey. I mean, you're doing some just incredible stuff with the game right now, which we'll obviously get to a little bit later, but, uh, just tell us a little bit about what sparked your passion for the game.
2: Absolutely. So I grew up in Marion, Massachusetts, about an hour South of Boston, um, And it's a hockey area. Obviously, Massachusetts is hockey strong and it's it's in the blood of of so many families there. I grew up in a town uh, that had prep school in it. So we had Tabor Academy down there. Uh, Grew up around the game um, playing and and just fell in love with it and, you know, played played up through my youth youth years into high school and was a mediocre player at best Uh, and. Still, still love the game though. It was, uh, it was all around us all the time, you know, skating on the bogs back in, you know, the, the off days of of youth hockey. And it was just who we were as a, as a community.
0: That's awesome, man. And, and kind of piggybacking off of that, like just from hearing your story and talking to you before this, like it's, it's very, very obvious that you care about people and service and, and, um, and, and charity and, and things like that is very, very important to you. How, how did you develop that?
2: You know, look looking back, uh, my dad was a Vietnam veteran, and he was also, or is a psychologist. He just retired. But in our house, there were a few things that that he always made sure that we were doing. And I think at the foremost of uh, the, the values he instilled in us was we take care of our people. You know, we take care of our own. We make sure that uh, you know, those around you who take care of you, you take care of them as best you can. And you're always watching out for other people. And that, uh, that carried over and, you know, I'm an emotional guy. I, I, I let the tears roll all the time. And
0: you fit uh, in on this podcast then it's all all good. (laughs) Love
2: it. It's, and it just people being around people, seeing people's stories, understanding where they're coming from and seeing who they are. It just, it it drives something in me to, to want to, want to help them be better. And, uh in in, in kind of just in grow, I guess. It's uh one of those things. But yeah, Pops Pops instilled that in us early
0: that's awesome so like I have to ask you so typically when people are very service oriented at some point in their childhood or whenever maybe even when they're older something happens to them or there's some kind of like personal experience that really puts things into perspective and especially for people that grow up a little bit more privileged than others you know when they see some people and do some things with them who are less fortunate like I remember a big thing for me that I still remember to this day and had a huge effect on me is my grandparents they still in Florida and every Christmas we would go down and visit them and we would go to a battered kids shelter so basically kids that were taken away from their families because they were abused by their mom and dad and they were taken away by social services like these kids had no idea where their parents were um, their parents had no idea where their kids were and they basically had nothing um, and so this this shelter took them in and we would go there and kind of play Santa Claus and we would give them presents and a bunch of different stuff and it was just so you know like in two different ways. It was heartbreaking, but also heartwarming because these kids were just amazing and they had such an effect on you. And I'm just wondering, for me, that was my big experience that really got me thinking about how important community services and doing things for others that are are less fortunate than you. Was there an experience that you had? um, And Jeff, I'll ask you the same questions after I asked Drew, but was there a certain experience that you had that really kind of hit home?
2: Yeah, I, I think there are two things there, man. I, the first is we, we were a, I would say a lower middle-class family growing up. My mom was a teacher and my dad was a, a clinical psychologist working with a lot of schools. Um, in, in I think speaking to hockey, you know, we, we were the family that would buy sticks at, at building 19. You know, we'd go in there, you'd get the wood Christians and, you know, whatever was on sale we'd take. And, I'd see kids in the, in the, the locker room around me with those, those really expensive sticks. And I I think part of me always wanted to be one of those kids or have one of those sticks that, that they, that they had. Um, And I I think that was, I don't, I I can't pinpoint it, man, but I, I think that was part of it. And the second part of it was, my dad had this red phone in the house and it was his emergency phone. And whenever, you know, a kid was in a car accident was killed or something really terrible happened in the community. He was the go-to. And whenever that phone rang, I remember running up and getting on the couch and listening, right. to, And you'd hear him walking people through the pain of whatever was going on or whatever, whatever was happening. And I think that drove it in me too, that, that you can be a force of impact out there in life if you focus on it. And I, I don't know if that answers it, man, but I I think those two things really kind of stick out right now as, as drivers for me.
0: For sure. For sure. Vax, how about you? I mean, you're a service oriented kind of guy. You care about people a lot. You know, where did you kind of get that from? And was there a certain experience or maybe even a certain person like, like Drew's talking about with his dad, that, that really,
1: you know, really. I I think it it was, I think it was my mom and my dad, um, your aunt and uncle, (laughs) <laughs> what's up Philly Hughes and Cal they listen to every episode um they both were all, and I also think I'm an empath like I just like feel what other people's feel feel I'm emotional obviously I got flowers tattooed on me you know people always chirp me for that but like um I just remember always like wanting to give money to homeless people too like when I was a little kid I'd ask my parents, we'd pull up to a stoplight and I would ask my mom and dad if I could have a couple dollars to give to them and they always would uh, anytime I'd pass the bell ringers for Christmas, I always put money in there to this day. If I pass one, I have to put money in there. Um, yeah. My dad paid for kids who were less fortunate that couldn't afford AAA um, growing up. Like they would tell me I wasn't allowed to tell anyone. They wouldn't even, t- they didn't tell me they did it in the beginning and then a few years into it, they'd be like, yeah, you know, just so you know, your dad is doing this and kind of like, you know, you should give back if you're more fortunate. And it's not like we were rich by any means, but we were definitely comfortable And uh, he was doing, he did that quite a bit for a number of people and he made it, he made sure that no one ever knew who paid for them. So it wasn't like, uh, I'm doing this, look at me. It was like, I'm going to do this and I don't want anyone to know. And they still don't know to this day, actually. Um, And so I think that really opened my eyes to like wanting to help other people out, you know, and not expect anything in return. Yeah. Hey, Drew. I'll, I'll ask
0: you because I feel like I'm a little bit the same way as as Vex and what you call an empath, where you kind of feel. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a word. So nice job. With <laughs> um, but I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm similar. Like when people are hurting, it's h- very hard for me not to hurt as well. Um, and and but it, I think it goes the opposite way too, right? When like people are really joyous and people are really. Yeah you know, in a good frame, like it, you just feed off that energy, whether it's good or whether it's sullen, like drew, are you kind of similar to that too? And, and I'll ask both of you guys, cause I really struggle with that, especially when it's, when it's not so good. And I can't get my head around like compartmentalizing, like being able to leave that in, in a different place. So how, how do you guys like go about, drew, are you like that? And how do you go? about? 100%. It? <laughs> Dude,
2: it's, it's so hard. It's uh when you're like that and your emotions overtake everything that, that you do, uh, especially in business, right? How, how do you actually conduct business when, you know, you're feeling for for, for everybody? And, uh, you know, I, I will tell stories in a bit, I'm sure, but that that's kind of what drove our business and seeing people hurt. And, and I, I think moreover from that, and, and I, don't, I don't like bullies. I don't like seeing people hurt um, and just an emotional life, right? living an emotional life means so much. And I don't know how you compartmentalize it. I, I, I don't, I guess, right? Like, hey man,
0: you're not helping me at all.
2: Yeah, so someone's hurt and I'm there, you know? It's, it sucks.
1: Vex, how about you? Well, for me, like, this is hilarious, but I, I kind of think of uh, the guy from Happy Gilmore. This energy block bad. Harness energy block bad. <laughs> like like, uh, yeah (laughs) up and down and around it's a carousel like i feel like when i was younger i was not very good at it's not like i was acting on everything but like handling emotions bad things happen to me maybe i'd shut down and i'm talking from like a hockey standpoint i guess and maybe even like a confrontational standpoint i would just kind of just like shut down and just be like "Ah," like I'll i'll just go home like what you know Um, And I I think through my struggles in hockey, I learned to turn the bad energy into good energy through injuries, like we talked about on this podcast many times, concussions, you know, not being good enough when I'd go up to the next level almost every time and just being like, you know, take the bad and somehow turn that around into working for me. And I've always wanted to do that or I've always done that now and I've always wanted to do that. and. Now I try and teach all the guys I train, whether they're NHLers or they're kids. Like bad stuff is going to happen. I had a bad day yesterday. Had a fight with one of my best friends um, about some some you know stuff, and and I just took all that negative energy and I I put that into helping my guys as best as I could yesterday. And then I went to the gym and had one of the best workouts I've ever had. And I just try and you know harness energy, block bad, whatever that Happy Gilmore yeah. saying is. So that's kind of how I've how, because bad things are going to happen. So you can either let them affect you negatively, or you can use them as fuel to affect you in a positive way. And then be better from that negative situation. And that's literally what I try and do every day.
0: Yeah. It takes a conscious
1: effort too. eh? Like, oh yeah. Oh like, yeah.
0: You really have to like really hone in on your self-talk and, and your thoughts and your attitude and and be very intentional about the way that you're talking to yourself and talking to others. Like my wife, like, you know, we've been married 10 years now. She knows exactly when I'm in that, that mode. And because I'm like, kind of like you, like I shut down. If I get to that point, I'm just, see ya, like done. See ya, like I'm in a different landscape and uh, it's hard to get out of it sometimes. But yeah, I, I think it's something you got to really work at just like you're saying.
2: Yeah, it, it is a learned skill and it's it's just like anything else out there. And if, if you don't, if you don't work on it, if you don't focus on it, then, then it's going to get at you. Um, the, the, positive self-talk, which you just talked about there, it's, it's something we talk about the, the, with, the, with the players all the time, whether it's on the bench in the gym and the locker and whatever. Um, but it goes into business too, and it goes into teams and business and it, it, you have to be deliberate with everything that you're doing when you're around your team, when, when, when you're in your own workouts, when you're, you know, planning, whatever it is being deliberate with how you look at things. Because that energy that you're putting into the world is coming out the backside, and if you do, if you don't have that positivity, if you don't have that initial you know that initial drive in, in, in self talk that you can do this, you're going to make it work. Then it's never going to happen. If you if you're doubting yourself, if you think that it's not going to happen, so yeah, that, that plays into motion quite a bit. But um, I, I love that the the positive self talk is huge.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure like kind of like segue into what we want to talk about uh, a lot is like I think all three of us are very similar in the fact that we all got into this hockey business with the intention of, you know, being a greater good for the game and for the families in the game. And just from talking to you at the beginning of this, I mean, it's so, so cool. The story of, of how you built your, your business and what you're doing right now. And I have to imagine that didn't come without some lumps <laughs> along the I'd way, say the
2: least. as yeah. well
0: as, as all of us have, uh, have tried to figure it out like we've, all we've known is how to be a hockey player our whole lives. And all of a sudden you got to do something different. It's like, all right, there's certainly some skills that translate, but there's definitely others that you just got to kind of learn by getting punched in the face. So um, I wanted to ask you first, like, what was your, was that your motivation to, to start your business, to kind of create a better culture for the hockey consumer and, and the hockey family and the hockey parent. I wish I wish I could say that, man.
2: It, it was when, when we launched the, the subscription box. It was it was literally to make more money. Uh, it, it, I had been out of the business for so long, out of the industry, out of hockey for so long, um, that that it, it was literally something I thought could be a small, quick side you know side hustle uh, that, that would be fun, and it turned into uh, a very emotional ride. In um, view into the hockey community, and, and it kind of flipped as soon as as soon as I saw the backside of the industry. As soon as I saw how passionate the hockey community was out there as a whole, with politics aside, it it, it, it flipped things for me. And that's that's what you know. It's, tell us a quick story. But early on, we ran a, a bag drive for um, for, for people in the community. And, and the thought behind that was, look, bag, bags are pretty cheap to buy wholesale. And we know that there are a lot of kids out there that, uh, that are, have ratty bags in locker rooms. It seems like something small, but it re- really isn't. I mean, you see some of the kids out there that are bringing in their old dad's, uh, you know, army bag with their gear in it when they're younger you know, I, I can't imagine they feel great going into it when you see these 36-inch grip bags with the wheels and the, the, all the pockets and here comes a duffel bag, right? So we did a quick drive, uh, bag drive and we got it out there and um, we did about 30 bags, 30 bags out across the country. If you went up to Canada to, to people who had submitted for it and told stories and there was one video that came back to us that made it, it, it flipped everything in my life upside down to the point where uh, I won't stop doing what I'm doing ever. And that was, it was a video of a foster mom who had a, I'd say 11, 12 year old. We'd wrap the bag up in Saran wrap cause we didn't have boxes that were big enough. And it was, it was a nice true bag. I think whatever it was and it was a video of the kid on the kitchen floor opening the Saran wrap with a knife. And he just looked down and started crying. Freaking foster kid or a, a hockey bag, man, it, a hockey bag. And this kid just broke down and you could hear the foster mom crying on the phone too, doing the video. And that was something that just moved me in a way that nothing else in any of the businesses that I've ever had did. And it, it, it brought it to light that, look, you can make an impact here and you can make a true impact in something that you love. Get after it. Let's go. And that since since that day, seeing that video, seeing that that kid with his hands in his in his in his head in, in his head crying, man, it was just the most emotional drive I've ever had, and it was game on from there.
0: I don't know if you guys can see this right here. Our listeners certainly can't see this because it's a podcast. But this is a brick wall that I'm holding up right now, and I'm ready to freaking run right right through it right now. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's that's unreal. So like it, for our listeners that that don't know a whole heck of a lot of your background. Tell, tell them a little bit about this subscription box and, and, and what you're doing right now to, to provide some of this equipment and, and stuff for the hockey community.
2: Yeah, so we, we started off again back in 2016. Uh, it was on a whim. We, we launched a subscription box for hockey players called the Penalty Box. Uh, it, it, again, on a whim, and we had no idea what it was going to do. We're, we all had separate jobs. We had a different company, and it took off, and it was doing really well. Uh, it showed us a lot behind the scenes what happens with the, the hockey industry on the equipment and apparel side of things, and um, that it, as it took off, we realized that we needed to connect better with our consumers, we needed a way to. Um, see what they wanted. So we started a private Facebook group called hockey deals and discounts. And the idea was we'll get our, you know, at that point, I think we only had a thousand subscribers, get them into one place, ask them that what they want to see and potentially, you know, have them bring other consumers or other hockey parents into it. And then, you know, get some free advertising every once in a while, but talk hockey, see what was going on. Um, we started going to small to mid-sized manufacturers like Hockey Sauce Kit or Pacific Rink Bags and saying, hey, guys, we have 5,000 people in this small hockey group. Do you want to get a captive audience and run a, um, run a, um, a, a deal to them is what we call you know, 20% off. We get a cut of uh, you know, the, the wholesale percentage off that and they get direct to that audience. And we, we ended up selling a lot of stuff early on and the group continued to grow. Um, and our business model flipped very quickly from just being a subscription box to being e-commerce uh, to now we have a, a you know 12,000 square foot warehouse that does fulfillment for 10 different uh, hockey companies in, in sporting good companies. And it, it, it just blew up. Now we have 45,000 members in that group. It's all great hockey parents. Um, but I, I think stepping back and getting to the the um, the, the giving side of, of that group is we we saw a lot of stories coming out of that. Uh, they're they're all parents on the ground, right? They're all parents that are in the ranks. Their their kids are all you know mites all the way up through through juniors, and you would hear and see stories posted of, you know, everything from, you know, when Humboldt went down um, to, you know, different hockey players uh, dying on the ice or a hockey family having their house burned down. And you would see all these little things happening all across the country, but their small micro community coming together to support them and lift them up and take care of them. And right there it hit, when you saw all these little things, it was like, wait, hockey as a whole, is a family, for the most part, like minus the politics and the BS ring stuff. But what if we took those stories and brought it to the bigger, bigger hockey family and really lifted everything up. And we started to see people connecting from, you know, Northern Alberta down to Miami to, you know, around us in Nebraska. And you saw all these little connections happening and people helping each other. The, the, the love of the game, the, the, the true hockey family started coming out. Um, and it was through just, just, just allowing people to have a voice, but a positive voice. We don't, you know, we don't allow negativity. We don't allow politics, none of that BS. It's not for us Um, in that it it took off and it resonated and and we built a true community in this (laughs) stupid Facebooker uh, that that has, has given us so much opportunity. Wow. That's
1: That's so cool. Yeah.
2: That's
1: what you think. That's unreal. I mean, like, my favorite things are—I mean, obviously, it's like not good when a tragedy happens, but when you see the hockey community rally as a whole, like you said, it, on a micro scale and a smaller scale, and then on the the macro scale, like the entire hockey world is talking about it and sending positive vibes or prayers or whatever you're Sticks into, up, right? And, you know, yeah, you know, like and it's 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 real, and there's there's something about hockey that just like. I don't know. I literally, I don't know what it is. Like, obviously it's something and there's obviously people that listen to us because they feel the same thing and we're trying to make it better and push the the positives and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just, it's so cool and it makes so much sense to kind of bring it all into one place. It's it's really, really cool.
0: Drew, is that Facebook community still called hockey deals and discounts?
2: It is. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So for all our listeners, we, I mean, we got thousands of listeners that listen to this and absolutely. Um, hockey deals and discounts, <laughs> get there, out. baby, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but not it's only, so funny. Yeah, go ahead.
2: So it, it's funny. We thought about changing the names a few times because it's obviously, you know, you look at that and it's like, Oh, the hockey deals and discounts are going to be spitting deals at us all the time. Right. Um, but it's so much more. It really is.
0: That's so cool, man. Like I don't know. The the, the whole community aspect of hockey, it really is special. Like with everything that I've done with, with my business, the hockey think tank, like that's the one word that we've tried to really hone in on with everything that we do. And that's bringing good hockey people together, like bringing passionate hockey people together. Because when you do that, like you have no choice, but to just get better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whether you're, whether you're a parent and you can just get perspective from other parents, like what you're talking about, like, you know, when you have, uh, you can have a conversation or, or build a relationship with somebody from Northern Alberta that has a completely different perspective about the youth hockey experience or elite level hockey experience, whatever it may be. I mean, the more perspective you get, Jeff and I talk about it all the time on this podcast the better off you're going to be able to do whatever it is that, that you're setting out to do. So I just, I, I really applaud you for trying to do that because it's not easy because this hockey world, a lot of times, can be backwards. <laughs> and I, sure think, I think a lot of time we get bogged down in the backwardsness of the hockey world. But at the same time, like, and that's what we talk about, too, is like the hockey world is like 90% people that are in it for the right reasons and 10% people that are not and a lot of times that 10% causes a lot of problems for that yeah. other 90, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. so, but, but when you get to, to speak with people like that who are in the, let's call it the foxhole with you and are going through the same issues and problems and, and able to hear their stories and how they got out of it and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's, it's very powerful.
2: It is, it is. And honestly, that's, you know, we have the penalty box sports and, Through this, we started the foundation. The foundation launched, um, God, a year and a half ago, but we had been working it basically the whole time. So, um, in the foundation's idea is, you know, I'm wearing the shirt here. It's we take care of our own. And everything that we do, A to Z, is to take care of hockey parents and and players within within our community and within that that hockey community. Uh, And it's it's special. The stories you hear, the, the pictures you see, the notes that come through, you know, it, a lot of it is people trying to help other people, um, and, and just wanting it to go, wanting to do better. It's 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 special, man. It's a special community.
0: Yeah. So, talk to us a little bit about the the Penalty Box Foundation. How did you come up with it, and what are some things that you do for for people in the hockey world? And uh, I mean, I've read up about it, and it, it just seems incredible. So, if you can, just let our listeners know a little bit about what it is and what you guys do.
2: Yeah. So it it, it, it was. Where did that come from? It came from kind of what we talked about, where you would see all of these GoFundMes coming across, right? Um, and, And GoFundMes for this, for that, for this, for that, all these different fundraisers and it, I would I would be I'd be getting emails and text messages and, and PMs from all different people saying Hey, can I post this in the group? Can we go to the community to see what we can do? And it just kind of came through. It was like, why don't we just start a, a, f- a foundation, a charity, a five hundred one c three that's that's front lines, special forces for you know the, uh, the the hockey world. Something happens. Hey, we're there. What do you need? Uh, and, and everybody took to that and it's really community driven, you know, the process of improving applications and, you know, it, it, the, the way that we raise money, it, it's, it relies on, I keep saying it, but it's, it relies on the community to thrive. You know, if, if, if one of our, if we hear a story in California of a, of a family, like we heard recently, who was house burned down three hockey players in the house and, and, and all of their stuff is gone. And the dad's sitting there, and he, he's he's thinking how you know how am I going to rebuild the house? But what are those kids thinking? They're that's my hockey gear, man. What like I'm thinking about getting back on the ice, and the dad dad's thinking about you know building a house. I feel bad talking about hockey at this point. That's where we can step in and say, you know what, don't even worry about it. You know your your gear is going to be there next week, uh, and, and don't even think about it again. And man, I'll tell you, the stuff like that—the notes that that get sent back to the foundation—we have a wall in our office of just everything that everybody's always sent. And if you have, if you ever visit, it's uh, it's it's almost like a a, a shrine. It, it makes you break down and kind of th- think about uh, people and, and, and motivation and you know who you are and why you're doing things. It's it's really special.
1: Yes, it is. Making me I, emotional over there, Drew. <laughs> I
0: know. Well, dude, I, like, I love the we take care of our own slogan that you guys have. I, I mean, I think if you were ever to, like, have a statement that just embodies, like, good hockey, like, that's that's kind of what it is. I mean, yeah. our sport, and I'm sure other sports are like this and other sports talk about it, but I, I do. I feel like hockey is special in the sense that we do. We take care of of our own from the micro level. Like I had, it's it's so funny. We're having this conversation right now because I had uh, a kid that I coached at Cornell reached out to me literally today. And he's like, Hey, I want to start this big mentorship program, um, to, to help kids and families, um, you know, just kind of navigate the process and not even necessarily from a hockey standpoint, but he, this is a a kid that's played in the NHL. And he's like, Hey, like I have a big platform right now. What can I do to help? And it's just like, there's so many good people like that. And, and, uh, when you're fortunate to be around people like that every day and have conversations, it it does nothing but uplift you and, and want you to be at your best for others. And, and, and I'm sure that's the culture that's been created there with what you guys are doing. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. It's, 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 and and again, it's been a wild ride in, and it's, we, a lot of good comes out of it, but I got to tell you, there's uh you know, the, the emotion, we, we talked about kind of compartmentalizing things, and you, you want to help so many people, and the, the amount of applications through COVID uh, that we've been getting have, have increased so drastically, uh, and, and we, were, you know, we were at a point where we, we had three live events that we were supposed to do, a derby party, and two other events that were supposed to be big drivers for us uh, for, for fundraising, and those fell off um unfortunately and and we've been having to get really really creative on on how we're fundraising and getting the funds in the door uh it's 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 been a a wild 2020 as it has been for everybody else out there but it's uh you know we're 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 fighting through and and we've been able to really really make an impact out there so it's been good stuff
1: so this guy like walked or ran for like what did you what did you do with that walk (laughs) or run thing that i was saying like <laughs> his feet were bleeding. Like it was disgusting. Yeah. yeah 75 mile walk. Do your research <laughs> for these podcasts. Yeah. It, was insa- it was insane, man. I remember following along that day and I was like, Oh my God, this like, what a savage. Yeah,
2: it was uh, 70, it was called 75 miles in 24 hours. It turned out to be 75 miles in 28 hours, but
0: good um, Lord.
2: Yeah, it was, it was straight walking. So I walked basically from Boston down to Cape Cod, and then ended up in my my hometown Marion at uh, Travis Roy Rink. And along the way, we we pulled into different uh, different rinks, you know, four or five different rinks, and there were people out there cheering, and, and it was it was quite an event. And we raised we raised about twenty thousand uh, dollars through that walk for for the uh, for the foundation. But yeah, it was <laughs> my, my feet were mangled after that. <laughs>
1: They weren't pretty. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I don't so know pretty. if they were pretty to start with, but they weren't no, pretty to finish. No. I know that.
2: <laughs> either it, end of it, man.
1: It's
0: really cool that you guys did that. And, and we had a similar experience this year. I run a charity hockey game up here in upstate New York uh, and we, that we do every year. And we bring in NHL players and, and we kind of merge it with the, the local hockey community. And we raise typically uh, somewhere between $100,000 and $150,000 uh, per year. And then when COVID came, we were like, I don't know, like, what do we do? Do we not just, do we just not do anything? Do, and we ended up doing an online kind of version of the game and we raised more money doing it wow. this year that way than we did with the game. And again, it's just a testament to, we take care of our own. Like no. there were people that just love the Cornell hockey community where, where we are right now. And it's for uh, the special needs community, uh, a school racker for kids with special needs. And just like the, it, which is a very similar community. I feel like to the hockey community, the special needs community. And yeah. that's why like, the game is such an, an awesome marriage, but it's just like, you have to get creative and you have to think outside the box and you can't just like give up. You just got to find another way. And it's very cool that you did that. And to, to walk 75 miles in 28 hours, <laughs> like not only did you get creative, but you put yourself at much physical harm, my friend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. it's. But, it, but, but, you know, we talked about it a little earlier. It's, it's everybody else out there is hurting. What am I going to do? Sit here at my desk. No, I'd rather put myself through a little, little physical pain and, and, and you know, and take some of their pain on than, you know, not do anything. I don't know. Um, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: a savage, and I love it. Oh, so cool, so cool. Well, I, I want to kind of get back to to uh, a little bit of the um, the equipment story because I feel like that is a very big source of stress for a lot of hockey families today. Like I, went, I walked into a pro shop the other day and I could not believe the price tags on the things that I was seeing for hockey equipment. And to be honest, like it's gonna drive people out of the sport because it's, I mean, it's too expensive. It's just way too expensive. And you guys have done a lot of work to combat that and working with other, you know, smaller level companies, like we said. So what has your experience been like with that and being able to provide this unbelievable service to, to be able to get people cheaper equipment and then also like what were some of the hurdles to that too because I can't imagine some of these big boy companies were very happy that you were taking some of their market share
2: no no that's for sure uh, <laughs> so our, our model is, is not you know I've, I've had some of the big boys call us too disruptive to deal with right and, and we, we get letters uh, pretty pretty frequently from these these larger companies um, hockey, the, the hockey industry, the equipment industry, is 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 bullshit. Um, it is, it's it's an old boy network of large companies and large big box retailers that that are that are keeping prices high. Um, and there's no reason that a three hundred dollar stick that costs forty dollars to make. Um, there's no reason for that, and it get gets back to that is hurting our hockey families. That's hurting our community. Um, I started to see the backside of that in kind of the way that the hockey industry worked and the, the lack of progress and innovation that uh, was, was allowed um, because of the larger companies, uh, for my view at least, uh, it, it pissed me off. And, and when we say we take care of our own, it's not just if you if you're in, you know, if if you had a have a ca- catastrophic event, it's it's little stuff like that. So we went out there um, in hockey deals and discount. I mean, 45,000 hockey parents is, is, is a, a force. It is a force to um, Especially get the hockey moms. Uh, <laughs> the majority are hockey moms. And when they want it, <laughs> when they want something they're going to get it, uh, they are, they are our pit bulls and that's right. for sure. Uh, so our, our model is a little bit different. We, we, we tend to, uh, never sell things at, at MSRP or what the manufacturers call MAP, um, and that's manufactured advertising pricing. And what that is is these these companies saying that this is what it costs, and you cannot sell it for anything less. Um, and I, I don't like that. I you know they say it devalues their product. I don't believe that. I think that if you can bring a product into a um, if you can bring a product to consumers at a lower price point. Um, you should be able to do so. And our business model, you know, we have slim margins. We're not looking to, um, we have slim margins and that's, that's it, we've learned to work with it. So I, I guess trying to be a little political here, uh, we went out there and you know, we're, our, our goal is to now connect consumers, our community out there with small to medium sized businesses, remove the big box stores um, and take start taking market share from the big guys and start chipping away day by day, and start chipping away by making connections. A lot of these small to medium-sized manufacturers and brands have fought the same fight that, that we have. Um, you know, we've been fortunate enough to acquire three different small, um, small single products, Sky Boots, Odor Gladiator, and Hockey Tool, In um, trying to get those out to market without what we have as a community would be impossible. And we have partners out there who have fought big guys in court, saying you know anything from net guards to gloves to um, different different innovations that they want to bring to market, but they can't because these big companies have deep pockets and they come and say you're not going to do that because we have a patent on this. Well, that's not that that patent doesn't cover this, but how are you going to fight one of these big companies? Um, so our, our our goal here is to build a big enough base of consumers to have a voice. And to make sure that that voice is not only for those consumers, but it is also for the manufacturers who are trying to innovate, who are trying to make the game better uh, and connect those immediately. Um, You know, a lot of a lot of people are are caught in the old boys network of of the hockey industry. And we're not. We're above it. And we're we're on a on a mission And you know, I'll say this. I I hope someone out there is listening in one of these big stores. We're coming and we're not going to stop. We're here for the consumers and we're here to make the game better. And that's going to do. First
1: of all, I absolutely love that. Big stores, F you. Uh, Second of all, like I I love this so much because I love the game of hockey. It's given me everything I have in my life. It's taught me to be a better person, I think, and all these things. And we are literally severely limiting how, if the barrier for entry now is just, it's so high with ice costs and then equipment costs and then the amount of kids that we probably lose year after year after year, because mom or dad loses a job where it gets too expensive or travel costs cost this much. And then you got to spend 3000 on equipment. We're just losing so many players and this great game teaches everybody to be good people. Now, you know, maybe we're not allowing people to, to reach your true potential and be a good person and give back. And that's why I started working with our mutual friend gel sticks because they also had another company that was going out and making sticks From the same manufacturers in China that the big companies were making, coming out of the same factories literally, they can't say the same stick, but it was 99.999 the same stick for less than half the price. And I was like, Yes, this is a business I want to be a part of, I want to get these sticks out there because if, if they're even close to as good, like we can help a lot of people with this. And I was all about it. Um, you know, and then then that introduced me to the Gel Six guys and started working with, with Gels and they now sponsor our podcast. But that whole thing started with me seeing on LinkedIn this company that was making the same sticks from China for way less. And I was like, oh my God, unnecessary. This is disgusting how much these sticks cost. And then you yeah. find out, like you said, they cost 40 bucks to make, but they're selling them for 279 to 309. You're like, how much profit do you need to make? like off of these people who spend so much money, so much time, so much effort in hockey, and then you're just losing fans and losing people playing because of it. It's disgusting. $900 skates? but like, come on, $900, $1,000? Like, there's a there's a way that we can get that price down.
0: There There is a way, actually, Jeff. I'll tell you the way. And that is you do not hit your growth spurt and you're in duty. <laughs> <laughs> like I am, and then your skates are very cheap. <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> you might not make the NHL, but you'll have cheap skates for life. There you go. And it's,
2: it's, a, it's a problem in, in, in again, we, we stay out of the politics for the most part, but it, it's a it's a problem with the game. And, and good friend and in, uh, in, in an amazing person, Travis Roy, he spoke at our, our, our gala last year for the foundation. Um, and he had extremely impactful words and something that sticks out in my mind is he get out there and, and for someone who's, who's lost everything to the game, still loves it and gives back so much. He sat up there and said, it was along the lines of, I am very scared for our sport. And I can't agree more. And when you're seeing AAA might teams that are super, you know, super duper turbo, whatever the hell it is these days, <laughs> you know, they're mites." They're mites, are you, are you, you know. When you're you're paying ten thousand dollars for a mite to go out and play, it, it's 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 that side of the business that that carries over into those expensive sticks, into the skates. That and I don't mean I don't even God, give me an old pair of skates who play it against sports, but um, it, it plays into the the industry and the the sport as a whole. And you're right, Jeff. You're, you are losing kids. There's no question that, that this sport could be everywhere and could be for everyone. And the NHL says they have a slogan. What is it? Um, hockey's for everybody. Is it really, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's really not. And it's because of these, um, it's, it's, it's very frustrating to see, but getting, getting back to it, it's, you, you have to be able to, to bring people together, give them a voice and let them, let them act or be the voice for them. And I think in this sport, that's what has been missing is that good voice to go out and say, no, no, not anymore. We're not going to do this anymore. And, you know, we're, we're we're doing our best to be that voice for the, for this platform. Um, but, man, it's it's been a wild ride. That's for sure.
0: Amen, man. I mean, that's why we do this podcast. It's how I built yep. my business. It's, it's the exact yep. same thing, you know, j- kind of pushing back on – on the the tough stuff that we see, and and try and enlighten uh, people like yourself that are doing good things for the sport, and bring people on that will inspire people, and and uh, you know Travis Roy is one of those people as well. And and for those of you listening that don't know who Travis Roy is, so he was a, a kid that grew up in Boston. Uh, his dream was to play at BU. Went to BU. Uh, you know, his first game ever as a college hockey player. Eleven seconds into his first shift, he gets kind of a weird hit from behind unintentional, but just like kind of like a weird hit from behind and and went right into the boards. And now he's, he's paralyzed from the waist down. And uh, I mean, talk about, I don't even know how to talk about it. I mean, that's just your kid growing up in Boston dream is to play at BU and 11 seconds into your first shift, you you go down and and the rest of your life is, is changed. Um, but he himself has done a lot of good for the hockey community. And it, it, it pains me to hear him say that about the hockey community as well. But on the other side of it, like if you can, you, you know, you had him at your at your gala uh, to speak, t- talk to our listeners a little bit about who Travis Roy is and, and uh, how, how amazing
2: the things that he's doing right now. He is uh, he is one of the most he is one of one of my favorite people and the best people uh, I, I think in the world. Um, our generation is, is lucky. Our sport is lucky to have him. Um, you know, I, I got to know Travis God back in 2003. I had a friend who broke his neck, uh, our sophomore year of high school. And it, it, my mom bought Travis's book and we, we all signed the inside cover after our group of friends read it. Um, and she reached out to him and Travis, no questions asked immediately got, you know, got in the van and came down and talked to our school. And gave an amazing speech about, you know, what life is like. And he made such an impact on me that day and our community that day that I, I continue to follow him. And, and today he is raising, I, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars um, for, for people who have suffered uh, spinal cord injuries, making sure that they can live a life that, that they couldn't have um, without, it. you know, ramps, vans, uh, and, and he is such a damn inspiration that, you know, I, I can only wake up and strive to be that man every day. Um, he's a special person.
0: And I feel like there's a lot of those people in the hockey community too. You know, like you even look at Chris Snow, and who, who just got diagnosed with ALS. And, and I saw a tweet his wife put out the other day. You know, they gave him however many months to live, and, and he's, you know, going to blow past that. And I just feel like there's a lot of really resilient, awesome people in the hockey community. And then a lot of, really awesome people who support the people just like you say we take care of our own and i just i I feel like we're belaboring the point (laughs) but at the same time like it's a point that is just really cool to talk about because it is i mean the hockey community there's nothing like it and uh hearing stories like Travis and Chris and, and, you know, the humble Broncos and, and uh, sure. the family that, that, uh, that lost their home. And I mean, there's just so many. And uh, the fact that you have that Facebook community that's connecting those people so they can support those people. I mean, you're doing a huge service for, for our sports. Awesome.
2: Well, with with what you're doing with hockey think tank and, and you know, Vex, what you do with the with the training of the kids, it's it's in the players, it's the same thing. And I'll look, you know, they can't see it, but you both have the the give more, be more. And and Vex when we met at the I, I believe it was the All-Star Game. Um and you said that. I was like, all right, all right, I, I get this guy. I, I like it. I like
1: it. I know right uh, away. I met I met him with the gel sticks guys at, at the All-Star game when it was in St. Louis and like it's just, so, it's going to sound a little weird. There's something in his eyes. I was like, this guy's a good guy. And I didn't even know what he did yet. And then people told me and I was like, whoa, like, that's really cool. And, you know, I'm now following on social media and I see him, you know, bloody feet running, walking 75 <laughs> miles, and all the stuff he does for the community. And yeah, it's a, uh, it's very
0: cool. Unreal, man. Unreal. Well, well, Drew, tell our listeners where they can find you. Where can they find, uh, obviously we talked about the, the Facebook group hockey deals and discounts. Um, to talk about the penalty box foundation and any, anything on social media that you have going on where people can start following you. And, and uh, we like our, our fan, I know it's not really a fan base, but our, our community is, is very similar to yours. Very yep. passionate about the game, very passionate about the betterment of the game. And uh, I think it's a great marriage. And I think a lot of people who follow what we do will, will get a lot of value out of, of what you got going on as well. Absolutely, man.
2: And first and foremost, it's penalty box org. Um, if you want to reach out, if you can help, um, if if you need help, you know, if if you know people who need help, we are nothing without the eyes and ears of the community out there, um, seeing these stories and bringing them to us. And a lot of the times, you know, we we're we're, we're fighting every day to keep up with the with the with the requests and, and the the impact um, that we can make. But if if you need help, if you you uh, see people who need help or you can help, um, you know, uh, us with, with fundraising or volunteering. We're, we're always up for it. Penaltyboxfoundation.org. Uh, me personally on Instagram, Drew.Lane. Um, you know, I, I try to keep it lively um, between being a, a, a dad uh, entrepreneur and running the foundation. It, 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 we, we have some fun there. Uh, it's And it, I, I think the big part here is is following the journey and in you know, challenging, I mean, it's weird to say, right, but challenging everybody within your community, our community to have the courage to be better and have the courage to go out there and take the initiative to, um, to stand up, uh, stand up for other people, stand up for the game, stand up for themselves, whatever it might be. Um, you know, we, we will be here, we'll, we'll take care of you, but uh, I challenge everybody out there to, to have that courage.
0: Of it, man. Well, Hey, like Jeff and I were actually texting before we let you go. We were texting as we were going through this. We, uh, we like didn't plan on this at all, but we want to give you 500 bucks from the hockey think tank podcast for what you're doing. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we really believe in it. We value the same stuff that you value. And, uh, we're, we're happy to support what you have going on. Yes, sir. <laughs>
2: Appreciate that boys. It's, uh, that m- it means a lot that means a lot
1: we'll All take right, care man. of our own like your shirt says bro love
2: it
1: Absolutely. love it
0: well thank you for your time today i mean this was uh it's funny like you know jeff and i when we bring guests on the podcast sometimes we it's a mutual friend that we know sometimes it's uh somebody that one of us knows and then the other one just kind of gets on and we're like just get to know each other type of stuff and and you know i jeff texted me earlier he's like hey i got drew to come on the podcast it's gonna be great i said awesome and then i kind of got to look into what you were doing and the stuff you were doing and how cool it is and then getting the chance to be able to like like all of our listeners or some of our listeners or most of our listeners who don't know your story and and the story of your business and your foundation i think there's just such an inspiration there and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to to come on to our podcast and uh, i'm sure we'll be in touch and uh it's uh it, it was a pleasure man a lot
2: of fun appreciate it guys